Hi everyone, it's Dana Taylor here, the host of It's Blossoming Season podcast. It's a first ever episode and I am absolutely elated to introduce you all to Eve, the host of the Foreign Mom podcast. Absolutely amazing. Enjoy this episode. She's going to tell you all about her pilgrimage, all about her journey through her relationships, through her career in Brazil, right back to the UK. Buckle up people, it's beautiful, inspiring, powerful and I want you all to enjoy it. Hi Eve, you okay? How are you? I'm well Dana, thank you so much for having me here. Such a pleasure to be part of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It was it was amazing being on yours, actually. I loved it. Thoroughly loved it and enjoyed it. Everybody else did, too. And uh, thank you, because, you know, the ratings were great. So obviously, everyone was interested in learning more, uh, you know, what it feels like being a Jamaican's daughter. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Now, I had a few, a few friends myself actually say, oh, where do I listen to it? How do I listen? I really want to hear about it. It seems really interesting. And um yeah, so it seems like that my friends quite enjoyed it as well. So that's good. Great, but you're here. So yeah, uh, so, what would you like me to start uh, telling you? Yeah, so, so first of all, I'd like to know a little bit more about your own healing journey because you mentioned that you've been on the pilgrimage. Um, it was a very famous pilgrimage. Which which one is it? If you just yeah. So basically, uh, my healing journey started first with the pain, right? Uh, I moved mm-hmm. to the UK to be with an English person who I truly loved and, you know, gave me, gave my all and gave all my heart. And then mm-hmm. uh, we were supposed to get married and everything. And then mm-hmm. uh, he started, there were always some, a few red la- lights along the way, but uh, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, lover will conquer all and uh, I'll be able to change him and my love will overcome this and that. It never did, you know. Mm. So uh, basically, uh, before it were, there were a few um, verbal attacks, but uh, nothing too bad. But then I noticed that it was getting to getting my confidence down. And I'm quite a happy person and upbeat. And then suddenly I was starting to feel low and sad. And I was like, what's going on? You know, I don't feel myself. And then the verbal attacks became really psychological games. And uh, once it even had um, small but to a physical attack. And that was to me like a horrible and to end the whole thing off uh there were a verbal attack from his father who said to me get out of my family get out of my life get out of my country and wow it was a horrible outburst he had after you know uh the stupid of the stupidest uh you know disagreements between us and the thing is, he was always, I was always nice to him. So it was, it came like from nowhere. <laughs> so wow. uh, basically he just had this temper and he just hit me with it. And instead of supporting me, my ex support his dad. And I was like, what? You know, I, I'm oh, getting wow. old, not crazy. So I, mm. you know, 
if uh, after four years relationship being a boyfriend girlfriend it's this bad what is it gonna be like after four years marriage or god knows one more you know with children so it's like no 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 <laughs> i can do better than this and that's when i realized mm. i must have loved him but i love myself more so I decided to leave him and what made me gain confidence that I was doing the right thing was when I, his best friend came to me and said, Eve, leave this house. You're doing the best thing for yourself and never look back. Wow. And uh, that gave me the confidence to realize that I, I was strong and that I could live without that person. And yeah. I wasn't thinking that, and, and then I just decided to move on with my life and carry on working and stuff until, because we were in a small town in the countryside of England in the Northeast, I realized, yeah. oh my God, everything here is so small that uh, everywhere I will go, it will just be things that reminds me of him and the uh, people that knows him and stuff like this, or be bumping to him. And then that's when I decided yeah. to move to London. But just before I did, yeah. I watched the DVD uh, called The Way, which is a movie about the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which in English is called uh, St. James Way. And uh, okay. it's what uh, Santiago is called in English, St. James. And uh, basically is this pilgrimage. Like on the movie, the guy lost his son who was mm. starting to do the pilgrimage and he was a very busy man, never had time for his son, blah, blah, blah. And then after obviously losing his son and having to recover his body uh, at that place, he decided to then do the way himself. And whilst I was watching it, I booked my flight. Simple as that, you know. So I think this, because at that stage I had already uh, left my job. I was already, I didn't even have a place to live in London. And I had some money in my pocket. So I thought, you know what? People don't do this because they say I haven't got the money or the time. I got both. So this is now or never. So that's when I decided to book the flight. And a friend of mine lent me his rucksack and a book. Uh, so this way I had a better idea of what to expect. And it was a 30-day walk that you do. Uh, more or less, it depends on how fast you walk and uh, how fast you want to finish it, because it can be more, more or less. Um, but uh, and you go meeting people along the way, and there are some challenging moments where you by yourself, or that you get lost, or that you feel sad. It's almost like life, but <laughs> compacted in a pilgrimage. So this way, you carry that thank you little rucksack on your back. And, uh, ah. you know, because you never know where you're going to sleep. It's all down to how much can you walk. And uh, so it's a very spontaneous thing that you have to be open for adversity and for challenges because you might arrive at the hostel and uh, it might be closed or it might be full. So you might have to move on to your next place. But anyways, after this whole journey, I can honestly say that uh, I did, I separate my life before and after Santiago because I was determined to leave there all the anger, all the resentment, all the trauma mm. I had experienced, mm. and from them, and also to leave there all the 
in drama, I could potentially live with a new man. And I didn't want to carry, you know, all the sadness I had from my previous one to anybody else, you know, because nobody would yeah. are the same. So, so much so that thank God I healed myself through that journey. And uh, it was scary because after I finished it, I didn't know where I was going to live, where I was going to work. But thank God, yeah. within the first month I was back, I managed to get my job. I was lucky that I had a friend who let me live in her house, sleeping uh, with her on her bed, because was, she was already sharing the house with another five people. And after I managed to get my job, I managed to be able to uh, rent a house on my own. And, uh, you know, and one year after completing Santiago, precisely one year, I got together with who is now my now husband. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and he's also English, <laughs> but it proves that no one is different. So you can't be like, Oh, because all English are now going to be, you know, uh, horrible like the, my ex was. No, he's the mm -hmm. complete opposite. And I couldn't be happier with my choices, you know, to leave one, to have the guts to do the, the pilgrimage and now to be where I am at and feel, you know, this year we are celebrating six years of our wedding anniversary, but... Uh, it's been a EP, a relationship, and I couldn't be happier and more in love. So, yeah, I feel totally healed, and I can't even, that's so far now in the past that it's like, what, have I ever been hurt? <laughs> wow, that is amazing. You know, I love to hear this. But what I'd like to know a little bit more is, while you were on the pilgrimage, what things did you do? Were you journaling? Were you meditating? Were you praying? Like, what, 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 what were you doing while you were healing on that, on that pilgrimage? Yeah, basically, we meet we every day as you stop at hostels. You know, you can't help but to talk to the other people who are also doing the pilgrimage. So, for instance, mm -hmm. I walked alongside um, a few Koreans who read uh, this book called *The Alchemist* by Paulo Coelho, who also wrote a book ah, about yes, yes. the pilgrimage, and they just wanted to do it because they just felt inspired. Um, and they said, oh, I was lonely and this, and I just wanted to have the experience. But I walked alongside some people uh, from Denmark who were actually prisoners. And uh, they were walking with their sort of like social assistant who were kind of like looking after them. So in order to redeem their sentence, they weren't obviously dangerous people. They were like drug dealers or something, small thefts, yeah. things like this. Uh, obviously not murders or anything like it. But uh, so they were doing it mm -hmm. to uh, minimize their pain and also working with people who lost family and uh, who are everybody's like with uh, some sort of uh, background. Right. And uh, as you talk to them, sometimes you realize, right. So my life wasn't too bad after all. Right. How can I help this person? So it's not just about feeling better mm -hmm. than others, but also make others feel better. Right. So yeah. this way. You, you you start feeling good about yourself again because you know you're helping so to me like one of these koreans for instance she was a bit overweight mm. and she was really struggling because it is hard work you know it's very physical and uh, 
I said, come on, if it was easy, anybody would be here. <laughs> and with that motivation, she said, if I hadn't said that yeah. to her, she would then had managed, she would have turned around and gone back, you know, but because she felt, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm near this person who's fun and motivating me. So I think I can do it. And uh, I would wait for her and things. So, you know, I felt good that I was helping others, but uh, there were mm -hmm. some, scary moments like one night um i decided to I, i arrived to a hostel but i learned that the next one was going to be at a tower inside of a tower of a church and i thought oh that sounds interesting oh. so i thought oh how many kilometers seven ah easy peasy that's like four o'clock and i'm already i've ju i've uh, just done 15 kilometers, what, seven kilometers, right? So I thought I can go fast and make it. But no, that's, uh, I was doing it during the winter. I started in November with the goal to arrive in Santiago by Christmas Eve. And uh, it was cold and it was obviously getting dark fast. So uh, yeah. by the time I got through the woods, I realized it got really dark. And then I look at my phone, I had like 10% left. So I was like, oh my gosh, I screwed it up. Uh, so I got so scared. And I managed to make a phone call to the local police to say, I'm sorry, but I'm a pilgrim and I've screwed this up. Can you please rescue me? Because I have, I don't know what to do. I'm, it's too dark to go back to the previous one and too dark to the, go to the next one. And with my broken Spanish, uh, I spoke, managed to make them understand where I was located. But then my phone died. Uh -huh. And then I just, just, have and it was getting super cold and i was tired and hungry and i had just to pray and believe that i was going to get rescued and guess what i was mm. and i was like oh my god i Amazing. cried you know when they arrived because i was like oh my gosh i thought i was gonna die of cold you know and uh by being uh hungry and stuff but thank god you're here so they took me to the next uh hostel with the church uh you know at the tower of the church And I was the only pilgrim there that night. And they were so happy to have me because they also have volunteers, uh, you know, looking after the pilgrims. And I, mm. you know, so almost felt like God saved me. And then I managed to uh, be welcomed by these people who were warm and who were so happy to see me. And it was through these faithful moments that I, you know, I can't let myself, I can't lose my hope. You know, and I gotta keep my yeah. spirits up uh, in order to be able to continue being positive and to know I will get where I need to get by being helped. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it worked. So I truly believe that my faith also helped me whilst I was doing it. And also some um, yeah. alone moments that I had because that was also important to like think about things through and to stop and listen to the birds and listen to, you know, the wind and simply contemplate the nature. And uh, a few days I was walking too fast and I was feeling pain in my legs and on my feet. And then uh, some fellow pilgrims would tell me, slow down, uh, you know, take a morning break, have a coffee, uh, take an afternoon break, have a coffee. And uh, I was like, yeah, why am I rushing? You know, it's not like I need to be there. I need, I, I had time, if you know what I mean. So to get to Santiago. Yeah. Because I was walking with a good pace. So, 
I was so I learned a lot of little things along the way, and uh, so it was crucial that I withdrawn from people at times to think th things through, and that I trust that uh, I was going to recover. And the crucial moment where I was determined to leave my pain away, it's a, it's a very special moment that everyone can see on this movie. Uh, it's basically, they have like a, a, a big cross and at the bottom of this cross, it's the stone from everyone who's attend, who attends the pilgrimage. You can't help but to, to pass through this cross. And everybody should take a stone from their home country and leave it there and leave behind whatever you had in your mind or heart that hurt you or that you wanted to heal or that you wanted to get better. So I brought my stone from England and I wrote a letter about all the pain that I went through with my ex. And I left mm. the, you know, the paper there with the stone on top. And it was a magical moment. I was there on my own. Thankfully, there were no pilgrims coming during that moment. And it was almost like magical. The sky opened and closed, you know, with the, the clouds and things. It was yeah, Ooh, wow. quite surreal. And because I truly believe that that was going to help me, that I wanted to be healed and that I wanted to move on. So it was my mindset that I had, I guess, that helped me to overcome all the pain I went through. And now I'm on the other side, you know, happy to tell you the story. So that's how it went. So what do you feel that that sounds amazing but I'm not even going to know I was, just, I was just so captivated listening to you I was like oh my gosh I need to do pilgrimage <laughs> myself right now <laughs> you know you just I just think it's so um beautiful to connect with other people and be in nature and um like have some alone time and be in that stillness so you can hear what's going on you can feel what's going on with you and um you can really call upon your faith mm -hmm. you know um, and it really forces you to kind of have a sense of alignment and spiritually be um, aligned with what's going on with yourself. Within. Um, what I wanted to really find out from you as well is what have you learned most about yourself off based on that journey and where you are today? What, what is it? What is it that's um, that's most likely changed in, within yourself and how you view yourself as well? It's oh, a very good question. I believe, I think I believe that uh, I realized that faith is the major thing I have and that when I truly believe and that I truly pray and that I truly trust my instincts and uh, put my head positively towards something. Um, I can do anything because, you know, it's, as I said, it was the biggest, most psychological, um, physical experience that one can have. And uh, thankfully, mm -hmm. I finished it in one piece. I finished it with a smile on my face, with a clean head, with, um, you know, it was, I believe that... Uh, being faithful and thinking positively uh, is the key to believing you can do anything and stop procrastinating 
because, you know, as I said, if I had watched that movie for, oh, that's nice, but had the moment go and then I had booked my flight and then maybe got to London, found a job and then just postponed that, you know, thankfully, I decided, right, I haven't got much money, but this is my budget and it's too doable and I can make it happen. And as I said, I had... I, I gained so much faith from that because, as I say, left after I came back from to London, I was living in a house with sharing a bed and I had no idea, but I had faith I was getting a job. I had faith I was getting a house for myself. And I did, you know, and because I believed that after my experience, anything was possible and especially to get a nice person. You know, I had a list of of the men of my dreams, how I wanted him to be. I swear <laughs> to God. And I wrote that list. Well, I it. wrote that list when I was still with my ex. And I was like, he doesn't fit in. <laughs> you know, and I only realized after I had, uh, uh, you know, after I realized what would make me happy and what's, you know, holding me to stay with this person. And I realized, oh my God, I'm just getting hurt and uh, he doesn't even fit in with my values and beliefs. So, and now my husband does. And again, I, I say to him almost every night, I swear to God, you my Santiago's present. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, yeah, so because sweet. as I say, to actually start dating him precisely a year from my Santiago journey, and then he proposed to me after a year we into dating, you know, again, another year after my Santiago journey. So I just honestly believe that he's my Santiago present. So he healed from my heart from what I went through and gave me a new present, a new future. Mm, that is so beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, to maintain that level of, because um, obviously every relationship's different and everyone might have different opinions sometimes. So to keep the relationship healthy what and keep it in a beautiful kind of sense of high vibration, what kind of things do you do? Um, you mean with my now husband? Uh, yeah. Because we are obviously very different from two different cultures. I'm Brazilian. He uh, was raised... Uh, uh, he's I always make fun of uh, Worcestershire <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so and, and he in fact and uh, I I thought about you uh, because he was uh, he grew up in Sutton Coldfield so yeah so he oh, went to a boarding school in Sutton Coldfield and then his parents eventually moved to Hampshire and then but that, at that stage he was already going to uni up in Newcastle and then he moved to London to work here and uh, where we met and that's why we still live in London but um, yeah basically my parents are still together in Brazil his parents are still together here and although we are from two different cultures the values the things we wanted in life and the moment we were also in life made a difference because uh, he I wanted a family and I was very clear of from a, from a very early stage in our relationship, like day two, obviously. So I wouldn't waste any time. <laughs> I'm like, I would like a family, you know, out. <laughs> so this way, I was like, I, I'm not wasting my time anymore. So uh, this way, it helped to move the relationship quite fast. But also, um, we were both 
Catholics. And that was an important thing to me, you know, because uh, that's another thing that went wrong with my previous one, because he wasn't, he was, he didn't believe in anything. And at first he used to say, oh, it's mm. okay yeah, if we ever get married to go in a Catholic church and to have children to be, to raise them in as Catholic. And one day he simply said, by the way, if we ever have children, I'm never going to let them be Catholics. I was like, what? So uh, that was an insult wow. to me. So, you know, religion, values, I think counted a lot. And although my husband, he's so reserved and shy, um, I bring him out of his shell and he kind of, he doesn't tones me down, but he tolerates my um, character. And in a way, he does... He, he doesn't mind the way I am. And that's why I think we complement each other. And he makes me laugh, which is the major thing. You know, I think we have so much fun together. There is not, not one day that we go by without laughing at each other. And I think that's so important, you know, because sometimes we are tired. We are, you know, annoyed but uh, about little things. And obviously, I do get annoyed at things, but we never had an outburst that uh, made me think, oh, I can't wait to leave this man or anything ever, you know? And that's to me mm -hmm. such a, a blessing because with my ex, I was all the time thinking, oh, but I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, I just leave him. And I, I hated that, that way of thinking because I was like, is that normal? Is that how every relationship is? Oh, and I realized, no, it was because yeah. I was in a toxic relationship. And, uh, you know, as I say, I'm now happy from day one to this day without ever looking back of how amazing my man is. And I admire what the way he is and he admires. We both cherish each other's ways and we both respect each other's ways and values. You know, the way we raise our children, we are happy with each other. And, uh, yeah, that's why I guess it works. And uh, I think from the things I learned in Santiago to listen to him and uh, to listen to his thoughts on things and then take it in, you know, and uh, that's so mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. now you're a mother as well. Do you actively kind of speak to them about, you know, do they pray with you? Do they, um, do you teach them anything in terms of like just being honest about their communication or healing or I don't know what, if, if that's something you took absolutely on with them since stage. you know my daughter is true and as far as I'm concerned every bed every bedtime mm -hmm. uh, since they started understanding a bit more things we both pray with mm -hmm. them and we have like a guardian angel prayer mm -hmm. and every night I pray with them and they are now, my son is now, uh, he's just started reception and he's going to a Catholic school. So he also prays at school. So I even asked him the other day, oh. uh, do you, do you tell your teacher we pray at home? He goes, yeah, she knows. So I'm like, okay. So, and I feel like when he's a bit upset and things and I have to pray with him, he calms himself down. So I, 
as they are still little, I still find sometimes a bit of resistance and they sometimes prefer to run around. And I, depending on my level of patience and and tiredness on that day, I'll either just let them run around in the bedroom whilst I'm praying or I'll go, no, you said it, let's pray. And I don't like to do that way, but sometimes I do, I have to admit. But in on Sundays, yeah. I do uh, yeah. take them to Mass whenever I can, most Sundays. And, um, you know, they're both baptized mm -hmm. and uh, I teach them uh, about having empathy, you know, because to me, I know the school is going to do a great job with uh, teaching them how to read, how to count. But I think it's more down to me to say, so have you helped anybody today? Have you, you know, helped your teacher today? Mm. Did you ask someone, did you say good morning? Did you make sure that uh, your friends are happy? And I, it's this sort of thing. And so yesterday, last night, I asked him and he goes, Mommy, I told my teacher that Eloise uh, hurt her knee. And I was like, that's so kind of you. You know, I'm thankful that you helped your friend because I think that's what's the world needing, mm. right? Empathy. And uh, I'm, I'm trying my best to make sure that my, t my children are okay with any culture uh, to learn that uh, they are English, but they are also half Brazilian. So they are different and they are surrounded by different people. And but after all, we are all humans and we are all the same. So um, that's the seed I'm trying to plant on in their minds that, you know, being helpful, being uh, sharing and having empathy for their peers and their teachers and for everyone around them is what matters in life. Mm. I think this is such a beautiful thing that you have taught them, you know. Uh, in this world, I feel like there needs to be a lot more understanding and grounding from a young age, uh, especially the way technology is, you know, that some of them are so caught up into technology and so into themselves. That it's nice to give them that wonderful reminder to be mm -hmm. empathetic to others. And just to show that level of kindness. And it's so nice that he comes home all excited <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> Not quite like you, but uh, he, he, you know, this, he, 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 he kind of keeps everything but, um, to dinner time. And then I manage to get stuff out of him. And to be honest, as I say, uh, that's why I love he, uh, praying with them at night. But sometimes that's when he tells me stuff. So sometimes I have to be patient and he just won't spell it all out when he comes home. He just wants to know what his neck is and if he can watch Saint Italy. But, uh, you know, then uh, slowly but truly, <laughs> I get some stuff out of him. And then I don't get that he just had pizza oh, for no, lunch no, no. or that he just forgot everything he's done at school. <laughs> Well, that's lovely. So he's quite reserved. He does. I, I believe he's like more like my husband. And uh, my daughter, hopefully, she'll be more like me. And she'll come home and tell me, Mommy, today I did this, this, and that. You know, because <laughs> she's just started nursery as well. And she came already, like from two weeks she's been, she's already telling me more, I think, than my 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 my, my nearly five-year-old now. So, uh, and she's only two and a half. Oh, so, okay. fingers crossed. <laughs> That, I don't know from exactly watching me asking him. She already knows, Mommy, today uh, food is good. <laughs> no, that's good, though. That's nice. No, that's nice that you take that time out to 
speak to them and ask them what's going on with their day and I think that's so important as well just to remind us or to ask how are you how's your day and just to check in on people mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing for us to do um as a whole well yeah this has been amazing listening to your journey oh my goodness it's so beautiful and feel that it's going to help so many people so many men and women to understand the power of self-healing and just going out and being spontaneous and taking action with their life as well and um just to know what they're worth their self-worth and to go out and be liberated and have faith in that um, good things are going to happen in their life and they are, you know, life and death is off the tongue. So speak life into their life and just to let go of things that are not um, helping them to be better, to grow and to be happy and just to get go out there and grab their happiness you know and this is such a beautiful beautiful story and it's still continuing and I just I can't wait to hear more as uh as I get older and you're telling me more you know oh she's four now and oh I got she, she's like telling me everything <laughs> mommy and blah 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 so it'd be good me it'd, too it'd be good to hear all that as well you know I, I know yeah. you're, you're gonna be like yes one for yeah. my side <laughs> one for the team do you think oh, you have no, any no, more? No. I've any just more turned 40 this year. And uh, that's when, uh, you know, at the beginning of our relationship, uh, we were pretty certain. When I got married, I was 34 and my husband was then uh, 37. And uh, so we got married in October and I fell pregnant in January. So it was always like, chop, chop, let's do it. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> we're both like, uh, yeah, okay. and uh, <laughs> it's also like, for me, obviously, I respect everyone's decision to have children. And sometimes obviously it's not as straightforward to, uh, to most people as well. So you sometimes just need to wait for the right person. But to me, it was like, I don't want to be an old mom because I almost found selfish and against the child because, you know, I appreciate that my mom, for instance, she's now 64, 65. And, you know, she's got all her grandchildren. Uh She's still got the health and the energy to interact with them. Whereas when... My, I'm 67. I don't even know if my children will have children then because, you know, they'll still be considerably younger. My mom had me when she was 25. You know, I had my first when I was 35. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I, I almost mm. feel for their future because I want, thankfully, hope, you know, please God, <laughs> be here for a long time. So this way I can, you know, be with my children for longer and to enjoy my grandchildren. So, is also this thing I have that uh, I don't want to I didn't want to be a too old mother so this way I can um, spend as much time as I can with my children and uh, so I'm happy with I got one of each and uh, the age I did and now life is good <laughs> I don't want to go yeah it's okay. um, amazing I know I feel, I feel that that's sometimes a worry for different um for people in different stages of their life you know are they going to be too old are they going to be able to see their grandchildren but then I feel like it's so important not to worry about these things and just to enjoy it every moment that you've got because it's just um you know I understand there's a, a little bit of fear there sometimes like oh my gosh I want to see my grandchildren I want to see my great-grandchildren my grandmother she's seeing what she's a great 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 I think I think she might be a great 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 grandmother 
and she's just like yeah she's like oh gosh I can't mm-hmm. believe I've seen so many generations so I've always said I'd love to see them as well at the same time I'm 34 where I'm at now and I feel like had I'd had a child mm-hmm. at 24 25 my mom's age I, I was wise then I had maturity but I feel like there was so much more for me to to learn and grow as a as a person so I think there's pros and cons to it you know you know sometimes yeah there's lots of wisdom there that you can offer them at this age um compared to sometimes what we might have had when we were a bit younger still in our happy-go-lucky stages of life but where I was busy <laughs> partying that's so, it like yeah. I, I know someone who uh, unfortunately she Fortunately or unfortunately, she started exactly. She's done exactly the wrong way route. She started having children when she was exactly 24, 25. And unfortunately, she recently uh, found mm-hmm. out her ex partner had uh, an affair. So she's now, you know, trying to rescue back. Now, with after two children, she's rescuing back her youth. And now she's going, wanting to go party. And now she's wanting to go back to union, this sort of thing at 32. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's things, it's it's different for everyone, right? So uh, it's what suits you and when the right person comes along. So I know it's not, there isn't a right or wrong for anyone. It's just whatever you think, you find it right for you. Yeah, I feel there's, um, yeah, it's, I feel whatever Mm -hmm. happens, happens in your life, you know, and there's a reason for everything. And um, I I feel like there's this whole capture of youth. And when I look at it, like, I still feel like I'm very much, I'm very young nature, very young spirit anyway. And I feel that there's, there shouldn't be this such element on time, like, in, in terms of um what we should be doing what society kind of pushes us to do uh, in terms of oh you should get married by 30 you should have a child you should have a family you know I've got I've got friends and family that have had children that were that were like 14 or like when they've been mm-hmm. 42 right across the spectrum and it, it just goes to show that you can still have the beautiful business career still gain all the knowledge it's really about who you're going to be around, what the kind of, what your goals are in this life, how much you're going to really, um, you know, how much you're really going to learn and nurture yourself. Because when I was 24, I had wisdom, but I had other things that I was going through that I couldn't potentially 24, 25, 26 have a child at that point. So now I'd definitely be in that stage of like, yeah, maybe I could now, maybe in another five years. When I was 18, I was I was never that person. I was just like, no, <laughs> I need to go out and party and go out to... No, I was, there's no way. I'll be like, not a chance. <laughs> Men, stay away from me. I don't need to talk to you. Like, so I was that. But then I've got friends and family and acquaintances that had children that are 18, 19. And I feel that um, sometimes there's this heavy judgment on younger parents uh because some people feel like oh you've wasted your life or you've made this mistake or you shouldn't have done this or you should have had a career you should have had your business and there's so many different reasons why these things happen I remember I've got a um like a, a cousin and she had a her daughter when she was 17 and uh, everyone was like oh my gosh you had a child at 17 but then she went for a menopause oh, wow. at 20 23 so she started to go through yeah so imagine she never mm. decided to imagine that never happened you know life is just full of swings and roundabouts so we just don't know why 
we are supposed to have the children that we do or why we have the partners that we have or why the lessons that happen and I just feel that um the more we just kind of enjoy what's present what we have and not worry too much about the future and just learn from our um our journey and our past mm-hmm. and learn from people around us as well mm-hmm. you know what's happening and just observe what kind of people we're bringing around us around our family around our children um spiritually mm-hmm. mentally emotionally and just be conscious of that I feel that look will you just create a yeah and I think even respect, Santiago you know? helped me even on that matter because to me it was important to have a family of my own and to have children it was something I truly mm. really wanted and I worked towards it you know so I guess after your 30s and after you partied a lot and uh, met so so many people, you kind of learn what you tolerate and what you don't anymore. So you feel a bit more like you you future more who you're with. So uh, that's why I knew exactly what I wanted. And uh, when I met my now husband, he, I, you know, it was, it struck me, uh, stroke, strike. It, yeah, it struck me that uh, he had the similarities that I was looking for in a man. And uh, that's why it worked so fast. But uh, I had the mindset that, right, I now want to make a, to have a family. I already have a job and I want to now, it's my time to have a family. So I had a goal. So I have to admit, whenever I met someone, I had a bit the anxiety, Ooh, will he be the one? But at the same time, I felt it's Um, I need to work towards it because it's something I really want. So I was trying not to be pushy and annoying um, and not be on men's face. But um, I didn't want to waste my time. And, you know, I wanted that's what I wanted. So that's why um, I worked towards it and I got it. It's I guess. It's what I want, but some people were towards getting a job they really, really want. But to me, that was more important. So that's why I'm thankful that I got, because that's what I worked towards and I managed yeah. to get it. So uh... I think that's beautiful. You know, without a vision, mm-hmm. they say the people will perish. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm dot cotton right now <laughs> with these Bible quotes. But it does say, doesn't it? It does say somewhere. But without a vision, the people will perish. And you had a vision for your life, a vision for what you wanted to achieve and what was going to give bring you your happiness. And you went out and got it. And I think that's just so important for us all to remember. It's about going for what will make us happy. And if it makes us happy, and um, we should do it. And if we need to work on ourselves, just like you did, you worked on your healing, you worked on who you are as a person, you went and found yourself, you know, stage by stage, life isn't easy you know, you went, came back and went to London, lived with someone, got yourself a job. You know, these these things can play on your mind. Are you ever going to get to where you want to get to? You still got there. Look, it's amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that, you know, uh, how life transitions and how God manifests uh, wonderful things in our in our life. And that's, that's something um, I really am grateful to hear. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, now that I you know? just turned 40, I was like, right. So I saw a quote once about if you die, what would you like to have on your gravestone, right? Uh, that I spent nine, eight hours each day, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in office and uh, making somebody else's reach? 
Oh, did you feel? Yes, I was a good person. Yes, I helped. Yes, I made a family. Yes, I had love. What would you like to leave, right? So uh, that's the thing that I, that's when, when I had the idea of uh, having this podcast. So it's something that I enjoy, that I want to, you know, put out there to help other foreigners to relate to. But likewise, I feel so happy and content with what I have, even though I have dropped like my journalistic mm. career back in Brazil. Um, and uh, but I'm super happy and I feel successful because I have uh, the husband of my dreams and two beautiful children that, who are very healthy, mm -hmm. who are very clever and who are learning exactly empathy and things from me, not from like somebody else I'm having to hire because I can't be with them. And uh, if I die today, I would hope that, you know, I would have something nice on my gravestone that says something like, uh, best mom, best wife, truly loved, and uh, who loved us with all her heart sort of thing, you know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you're welling me up here. Yeah. Oh, Steve, that is so lovely. Yeah. But you used to be a journalist then? Well, do I you, do you used to be a teacher in Brazil. So I graduated from uni in Brazil, and then I was back and forth uh, in England and uh, in Rio. And uh, every time I came to England, I used to do some work experience. So I've done with uh, the local papers uh, up north. And I even uh, uh, did some work experience with ITV up in Newcastle. And uh, But it was all work experience. And then uh, I moved to Brazil. Every time I would move to Brazil, I would work for a local TV station. And but then, you know, my reputation was getting bad because it was like, oh, are you that journalist who's always dropping everything to go back to England, you know, sort of thing. So it wasn't doing any good to my career. Mm. So um, and then after obviously moving to this country, I realized, right, it might be a bit hard for me to become a TV reporter due to my accent. Uh, back in 2009, my English it, it, it was fluent, but not as good as it is today. So I knew that I had a lot of things to overcome in comparison to an English person. So I had to be humble to take something that wasn't within TV. So I worked for a PR company, which I truly loved. And um, I, but then I, after I decided to leave, you know, to move to London, I then worked for a media company doing some, uh, I was an analyst, uh, analyzing media for big clients like Harrods, like Paddy Power and uh, uh, Mitsubishi, all sorts. And uh, that's when, where I met my husband because he was the operations manager. He became the operations manager for the department where I was working. So I always make sure that to say I was already in the company before oh. I met him. So <laughs> he didn't he didn't give me a promotion or anything, okay. you know. So I gave him a promotion, and uh, but I'm still his boss. So <laughs> you know. So but then after that job, I still did one last job as a journalist uh, in Hamburg in Germany, uh, working for an English company, but that was covering a beauty fair over there. And then I worked uh, for FIFA during the World Cup. And then that was my last real proper job. And then I became a mom. 
and they, you know, filled up my time and I was quite happy with it. And now that my children are, you know, going to school and the other is starting nursery, I feel right. I feel now confident that I'm, you know, that I've spent that quality time with them. And now I'm happy to get back a bit into my career and do something I love and I enjoy. But, um, you know, in order to leave my children, I would have to make sure I am doing something I enjoy because otherwise I don't see the point, you know, in getting like a receptionist job when I would rather be with them. So um, that's why I'm I'm fortunate that I can have this decision, though, you know, and uh, I know it's not everyone's case and somebody sometimes people can just need to make a living. Right. But uh, I. I'm lucky and that's the choices I've made and I'm very happy with them. Oh no, that's 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 lovely to hear. That's beautiful to hear that you are um you're in such a lovely, beautiful space in your life. Honestly. I just oh, I just I just you. love listening to you, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I do. I just love listening to you and your story oh. and your energy and your vibe. It's just so nice. It's just so um, it's so warm and um, reaffirming that there is so much to gain in this life and so much to give back and to take from the life that we lead, you know. And that is just that's nice. And I, I love the fact you we know now a bit more about your your career journey because I didn't know that you were a journalist essentially. So that's lovely and. Um, how you've actually made that decision to move back from your home country over to the UK and uh, just just take that leap of faith. And I think that's something that, you know, I will definitely take mm -hmm. away from this is to always take a leap of faith, you know, and to um, pray about what I want, uh, meditate on what it is that I want and my goals and to just make sure that I'm always staying aligned and I just keep pushing towards my vision that I want for myself you know and that I want for my life and for those that are going to enter it as well I just want to make sure there's just pure goodness love um honesty authenticity with myself and with with everyone that I I come I come I connect with yeah yeah and I hope that for everyone that listens to this as well that they take that from from this and whatever it is that they they need to take from it and they want to take from it I hope that they they get the the, the beauty oh, of thank this, you yeah I hope it helps to for people to realize that everything is possible not necessarily in your own home country but sometimes in a different one and that uh, you just need to work mm -hmm. towards it because you know the universe uh, helps those who are looking for the things you are looking for right so nobody's gonna uh, find love if they just sit at home and moan that they don't have a boyfriend or things you know you have to get yourself out there or now there is obviously uh all these uh apps but uh there's you know i strongly strongly believe that no matter what you want in life just work towards it and uh, pray and be faithful and truly believe in yourself that you make it happen Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That what a lovely note for us to wrap up on. Okay, Eve. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Join us on this episode of 
it's blossoming <laughs> season and we can see how you blossomed to the current season <laughs> to the current season that you're in now and I'm sure you'll be blossoming in um so much more with you and your family you. and I really appreciate it yeah, that you're raising it as well. helps other people out there who need to listen to it my pleasure my dear you take care okay thank you so much bye-bye you too take care Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of It's Blossoming Season. You can find me at The Dana Show on Instagram or www.danataylors.com or you can find me under Dana Taylor at LinkedIn. If you'd like to book yourself a coaching session with me or one of my beautiful courses, feel free to find me on any of those platforms. Lots of love and keep blossoming and blooming into the wonderful people that you are. Mwah!